0: CrossTracks case management system. That is what we are talking about today. Are you using a case management system? What are you waiting for? If you don't use a case management system, you really need to look into implementing that into your business regimen. I've been at it with CrossTracks now a little over a year, and it's just been a game changer for my business. They are SOC 2 certified, SOC 2 type 2 certified. If you don't know what that means, it means that they're encryption system is second to none. And you have to go through a whole screening process to figure out uh, if you can even qualify for that, and they have, so you know with certainty your data is being protected. I don't think there's another case management system out there that offers that same ability to have the SOC 2 Type 2 certification. As you guys know, I've been uh, you know singing the praises of Crosstrax and uh, I really believe in this product and I believe you should check it out contact Brad, contact Pat, uh, one of the team members over there, and see if it's right for you.
1: CrossTracks case management system, check it out today. Are you overwhelmed with your current case load? Could you use some help with your skip trace assignments? With Merlin Locate services, rather than adding staff, you can add an entire skip trace department of licensed private investigators who specialize in skip tracing. Check out merlinlocate.com today. When you work with Merlin Locate Services, you bring on a valuable experience and trusted extension to your team. Welcome to PI Perspectives. We're in full conference highlight mode. Today, we welcome Ari Morse. His firm specializes in genealogical research, but he's also on the planning board for FAPI. FAPI, the Florida Association of Private Investigators, is holding its annual conference this Wednesday through Friday, and it's free to attend. Ari's going to tell us a little bit about what he does and then tell us about the conference and what to expect. So please welcome Ari Morse and your host, Private Investigator, Matt Spare. And welcome back to PI
0: Perspectives. This is Matt Spare, your host. Uh, we are here with Ari Morse today from uh, beautiful, sunny Florida. <laughs> Ari, how you doing?
2: I am well. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Yeah. Thanks for jumping on. Specifically, are you in Florida now or, or New Jersey?
2: I'm, I'm located in Florida, licensed, in, and this is where we operate our business. So we're in Florida full-time for the last, uh, me personally, I, 21 years ago uh, this week.
0: You're from New Jersey, but now you're down in Florida.
2: Correct. I I like seeing pictures of snow. I don't. (laughs)
0: That's not nice. We've got a lot of snow up here. (laughs) Yes, I
2: I keep seeing the pictures.
0: We totally got slammed up here. And, you know, all my friends up here in the the New York area are like, "Okay, cue all our friends who used to live in New York that are now down in Florida that are going to, you know, send their pictures from the beach and do whatever, (laughs) you know.
2: In our defense, it is cold here. We woke up to uh, 30 degrees. It was in the low 30s this morning.
0: I'm sorry that you have to deal with that cold weather. That's terrible.
2: Yeah. But you know, in defense, I'm still wearing short sleeves.
0: Yeah. Usually actually in February in New York, it's usually like 10 degrees or colder. It's, it actually hasn't been that bad this year, but uh, this, this snowstorm is the most we've had in a long time. Definitely. Wow. Okay. So you um, specialize in genealogical research, that aspect of, your, of investigations. And you're also here to talk about the fappy conference also. So tell me a little bit about your business first.
2: So a little bit about the business. And uh, so we have two different companies actually in the, in in Florida. One is uh, our traditional investigative agency, Locators International, and we handle all civil investigations. Uh, we don't do any criminal defense work or anything because my uncle is still a sworn law enforcement officer. And because he owns the agency, it's something we never got involved with. Years ago, he did criminal defense, but we don't do that anymore. And then Morse Genealogical Services is a company uh, family. My great-grandfather actually started doing this work in 1939. So my great-grandfather, my grandfather, my uncle, and me. So I'm the fourth generation in the family business. And we joke, it's a family business of locating families. So we do that. Um, And that that was started in Boston in 1939. And in the early 70s, Harvey brought it down to Florida and... We have been uh, operating in central Florida ever since.
0: So I would assume that you service all over the country, right? Different types of cases. Yes.
2: We we handle cases actually all over the world. Um, As of right now, we have clients overseas. We have cases that we source to the overseas and then some that are brought into the U.S. Uh, So we work everywhere with the exception of uh, Cuba and North Korea. But we can actually, we do have approval from the government to work in Cuba We've gone through that lengthy and arduous process to get approval. So, wow. North Korea is it. That's the only place we don't <laughs>
0: there you go. It's, something tells me you're you're okay. Uh, I'm perfectly content. with probably that. Probably not much going on airship wise over there. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the government pretty much takes everything.
2: <laughs> yes, I, I would. I would. I would tend to lead that same conclusion. <laughs> okay. That is fascinating.
0: And I did hear you on um, PI Magazine uh, recently, you you talked to Jim Nanos. And uh, I was really blown away by that, man. Like just the legacy of your family is, it's impressive, man. It's really, really cool. You know, your kids, are they destined to, to work in the business too, or no?
2: As a father, my reputation, you know, we try to keep the reputation both as a legacy for my great grandfather, grandfather, uncle, but also I, you know, I tell our clients, I want to be able to get the phone call again. And I want my kids to be able to run the business if that's what they choose. Right. So uh, both kids are are pretty smart. So hopefully uh, they'll decide to join the family business and uh, probably take it to another level that we've never even thought possible. Right. No pressure though. Right. Right. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool.
0: How do you start that type of work, that investigative work? Somebody comes to you, usually I guess it would be a surrogates matter, right? Somebody has passed away, um, now we got to connect the dots, uh, I guess, to probate a will or figure out an estate, right?
2: Correct. Well, in New York and New Jersey, you have a surrogates court. Most other places call it a pr- traditional probate. Probate, right. Okay. So, yeah. So, we would work on administration. So, uh, an attorney or a personal representative are facilitating an estate, would then hire us or bring us in to locate and identify the family because they're going to be a beneficiary. And sometimes that's going to be because they're not going to be a beneficiary. Sometimes it's for notification purposes. We do work with banks and trusts, um, trustees. We do work with a lot of quiet title actions for property. So if uh, you're trying to buy a piece of property, and let's you know the deed, there's a defect in the deed, or there's something wrong in the title, they will actually go through a process called quieting the title or quiet title action, in which they have to notify all people that. Could be potential heirs or or have title to the, or ownership in the property, mm-hmm. and uh, we get involved with that quite a bit.
0: I guess that's similar. Like if you're doing a um, like letters of administration, now you have to notify all the family members that there's a somebody has filed for a, a petition to to be appointed the administrator or administratrix of an estate. Right, kind of similar type thing
2: exactly so we do a lot of work for example in new york because the way the laws are written they and again every state is so different so in the way the laws are written in new york if you even if you have a will and you haven't filed the proper paperwork or the administrator doesn't have all the information for the family they have to bring in somebody to make notification right um for example i'm working on one uh, in florida that a gentleman left and i don't know the circumstances. Uh, you know, I'm just looking at the the first thing, you know, and and basically he left no money to his to five of his children. But the, our client doesn't know where those five children are. So right. we are now hired to go find them. And it is a very, very, very common name.
0: Yeah, that's always a challenge. So, how do you structure the billing on that? Is like, a, is it a flat thing, or, or like a flat rate to do that, or or do you do like a um, a per case basis? I know there's some people that do your type of work that base it on the amount of the estate as well. Is there like, is it tiered a different way?
2: The one thing that I think my great grandfather and my uncle, you know, down to my uncle and I, we talked about is we don't like to pigeonhole attorneys most of the time. So we work a number of different ways, and we often find what's best to meet the circumstances. So we do have people that check courts and we do contingent cases. So if we have a case, we locate the heirs, They heirs would sign an agreement with us. And oftentimes other investigators will send us those types of cases. Right. And we're able to, if permitted by law, you know, offer them a, a fee incentive. Gotcha. Um, then there's also straight hourly rate. There's a domestic rate and uh, international rate. And then we do also do uh flat fees depending on the case more often than not it's uh we lean to a contingency or hourly because that's we find the most fair right um you know flat fees are great but either i'm going to get stuck or my client's going to get stuck at the right. end of the day Somebody's with the not, amount of time
0: not going to uh, be happy right you don't want that um and, yeah so had, have you been involved at all with the um, Zadraga Fund and and um, I guess connecting the dots with regards to nine eleven and uh, next of kin in that fund?
2: We haven't done many cases regarding nine eleven.
0: Yeah, because that uh, that's something actually that that I have been involved with on my end, it, it, and it's it's sad. It's inter- it's interesting. That it's sad, right? So here's somebody who either is about to pass away or has passed away, and you're you're trying to connect the dots as far as airships, and then also proving, you know, that they, they worked at a uh, particular location. In order to do that, sometimes you need to find family members who can say, yes, they were involved, um, you know, working at a particular location doing uh, things. And it's, um, it's rewarding, but it's also frustrating. Um, I, I know, I, uh, I was able to track down somebody at one one point who was a, uh, they were divorced. And this poor guy was weeks away from expiring she wouldn't sign anything. (laughs) She hated the guy so much. And I'm just like, I'm thinking like, wow, man, like what did this guy do to her (laughs) in this marriage that, you know, she wouldn't sign a piece of paper so their kid could get money. And essentially that's what it was. Like they they had, you know, they had a son who would end up getting whatever kind of money was there and she refused to do it. And I ended up tracking the kid down and I'm like, Hey, can you talk to mom? And he's like, you know what? I don't like my dad. <laughs> I was like, "Oh boy, that was we, a challenge." We,
2: we have a case we that we worked on that it's it's interesting because we're involved. A cousin had passed away, and there were three cousins that are going to inherit. The Cousin never had any, and the cousin actually passed away while living uh, or, or temporarily residing overseas. And there's a brother and a sister and another cousin. So the brother and sister do not speak to one another. They don't talk to one another. If I email them, I have to email them separately. I can't do a group email.
0: <laughs> I love family. Um,
2: they're, they're fighting over their mom's estate in such a manner that, you know, and they were litigating over it. And likely the money that they may inherit from this other case would exceed that, I would imagine. But, but the fact is that our communication is so much more difficult because I have to make sure everything is individually uh, sent. I can't do any group messages. God
0: forbid you make uh, a mistake. That's it. The wheels fall off, right? Right. And,
2: you know, and, and then I can't, I don't tell the brother where the sister is. I don't tell the sister where the brother is. And then you have the cousin who's kind of an independent third party here. So good times. Oh, so it's, you know, we, we don't get to select our family. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. So, It is what it is, man. Tell me a case, if you can, something that turned out a little bit different than you you thought it might um, at the end, that you you came in one way thinking it was going to go and it it completely took a a right turn.
2: I've got a couple of them. I mean, I think, so one case we had, it was a contingent case. We were hired on a contingency. So we would derive our fee strictly on a percentage basis if we were able to find the family. And uh, in this case, uh, we were asked to locate the children of my brothers and sisters, if that makes any. So the person who passed away wrote a will and said, not named. They were just to my, the children of my brothers and sisters and to my wife's brothers and sisters. And they listed the names of the siblings, not the names of the children. Right. They were both of Asian descent. Both of them lived in, they were from China and The culture actually dictated an entirely different process than we're used to, because usually we would locate the children of, but we couldn't in this case, because most of the siblings were alive. We actually had to go to the family elders and go through the process of of dealing with the elders and meeting the culture so that we can get everyone to agree and signed from down low. And believe it or not, while there was some funds there, they were more interested in family artifacts, right. you know, they wanted to know how the person passed away. They wanted details. They were interested in in some of the collectibles they may have had possession of, uh, whether they had actual value or not, more heirloom value. So that was one of the really interesting case that dictated and, and would help that if you ever have a case or anyone has a case that deals with Asia, it's how you write the lettering. So it was typed out in the name, but then it was also written in uh, Mandarin or Cantonese that was written out. So that dictated how you found somebody. Right. So a lot of times when you're dealing with Europe, uh, you know, especially because not a lot of uh, attorneys and judges see it all that often. So a record here we have in the U.S. is often, you know, photocopied on uh, colored paper. Overseas, it's often handwritten on colored paper with a stamp on it. So explaining the difference of how that's proper, dealing with the Hague convention, getting a proper apostille for all documents. Well, that was the next
0: point I was making. That That is a huge challenge, right? Uh, getting something, you know, the, the apostille and getting it domiciled where it's supposed to be domiciled so that signature is actually valid is something I think people don't realize you have to do that stuff, right?
2: Well, the layers, it's all layers mm-hmm. and it's, and it's taking the knowledge. I mean, I have, I've educated several attorneys based on, it's just not something they deal with on a regular basis. Yeah. And so we're explaining them, you know, if you want this admitted in court, you likely have to get it verified within a post deal and go through the process. Yeah. And, you know, I explained to them quite simply, it's like notarizing a notary Yeah. by and, a and higher it, governmental official. You got
0: to go to a, a consulate office and, uh, you know, I, I've had that challenge. I'm sure you have this year, right? With COVID, <laughs> man, it has really, really made things difficult. I found like when dealing with overseas work like that, when, when you're trying to do that, because I've had a couple of personal injury cases where the family was back there and we were trying to, you know, set everything up and, and get everything done. This this one specifically I'm thinking about was in Ecuador. The most expensive part of the whole deal was paying the attorney to get that stupid thing domiciled. Uh, And I had investigators flying from one part of Ecuador to another, taking a five hour bus trip up into the mountains to meet with somebody who didn't know how to write. (laughs) So then we had to bring her to the consulate and it was just a nightmare. But the most expensive part of of it was hiring the attorney. (laughs) Oh,
2: it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Absolutely remarkable. Uh, But it's, But it can be, it's really rewarding when you're able to help somebody. You know, oftentimes we're able to actually make a difference in someone's life. You know, and I I told the story recently, and that is that, you know, we had a woman who family was trying to disinherit her. uh, And lo and behold, we found her and it was the money that she inherited was absolutely life changing. Uh, I mean, I have a letter from her in my book about how much it changed her life. Right. Um, we had a gentleman uh, up in the northeast, actually, and he had an extremely common name, also. And uh, we located him. His kids were saying that he was dead. His children said, <laughs> "Oh no, not- my dad died. <laughs> my dad died." Right. And we're like, "Really? This doesn't sound <laughs> right." And nothing matched up. Right. And we we were digging, and we you know we we found him, and uh, we contacted him, and then the the attorney later on said do you think that he would give any money to his kids? I'm like the same kids that just said he was dead for the last year and a half. Yeah, I'm sure they're right on. And one of them <laughs> exactly. actually was a professional basketball player overseas, wow. but, uh, but it was, uh, you know, people do all sorts of crazy things for money. Um, the, the craziest case we were involved with, of course, was the, uh, one of them is at least the Ben Novak junior case. Mm-hmm. And in New York, you might've, heard about Ben Novak or are you familiar with?
0: Yeah, I heard you talking about it on um, on Jim's okay. show there.
2: That case is a really wild case. Yep. Uh, you know, a woman, uh, and they've made TV movies about it. I'm not making this up. I mean, right. this is a, this case is just, uh, you know, when we say that, fic- uh, you know, the truth is stranger than fiction, it really, you couldn't make this up. The, the gentleman who founded uh, the Fountain Blue Hilton in Miami, very mm-hmm. famous hotel, um, his second son was murdered by his wife well coordinated the murder of the wife and so because of the slayer statute she couldn't inherit but she had a daughter so she was set to inherit but he also had a brother half-blood brother who was adopted by ben novak seniors first wife but he was homeless so we tracked him down right and then we also tracked down the natural family of Ben Novak Jr., the, the gentleman who was murdered, who, which a, a cousin was uh, married to Steve Wayne. So you, you're, I mean, the you know homeless to to one of the richest people in the world. It's right. just you can't make it up.
0: That fountain's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is. It was a great case.
2: It was a great case. One for the record books.
0: I miss Vegas. I want to go back to Vegas. <laughs> that's cool man that, that is always interesting it's uh, it's really uh, really cool story before we jump out for a break because I want to start jumping into to fappy and and the um and the conference that's that's coming up let's talk about like the basic investigator somebody who who's a private investigator who does research and they've got their accounts to their XYZs you know all the the research companies that they use to do their stuff and they get that phone call and they say you know I, I need to probate this estate I need to find some relatives at what point should they tap out and hire a company like you, bring you guys in to help out? What point is due diligence enough on their end to uh, to do it? Like when should they consider giving you a call?
2: Fantastic question, actually. We get calls in all sorts of levels of the process from other investigators, whether it's to give them a tip or a pointer, which we're happy to, to do, or whether it's to take over a case and, and you know, uh, work with them. And so it, To me, it would, if I'm just locating somebody and I have a named individual and I'm able to put two and two together and it can make, it can be cohesive, then by all means do that. If it's something that's gonna require um, prima facie documentation, they're not sure of where they're looking uh, with regards to birth records, death records, if they're not able to put it all together, you know, for example, and I just happen to have, I mean, this is one of our reports. Wow. Um, and so, you know, this one alone has over 170 something exhibits and
0: it folds out. That's nice.
2: The family tree is huge. I mean, sure. yeah. But we do it. We, I mean, I'm not, I'm just for demonstration purposes. That's, I mean, that's one of our standard reports, right. 170, and over 200 exhibits sorry wow. um and and it's a probably a 50 or 60 page affidavit itself right depending on the size of the family i mean it because the organization and everything else we're accustomed to that right you know so so,
0: so here's another question <clears throat> because obviously the work that you do is it's amazing and and there's a certain quality level to it so i think one of the challenges we as investigators face is that our clients don't want to pay for all that to be done. It's like they want to do as little as possible to meet the bare minimum requirement for due diligence. Right. How do we get around that as a salesperson, as an attorney, like an attorney calls us and they say, okay, this is what you need to do. I, I got this great company down in Florida that can help out, but it's going to be X, Y, Z dollars. And they go, Whoa, I don't want to pay that. I'm just looking to pay X, Y, Z. So how do you get around that?
2: Well, I think in general, uh, investigators and i've been in the business for over 20 years full time but but significantly longer even and that is i think as a habit we have a tendency to hand an invoice and try to hide our face at the same time kind of a
0: no oh, you're right never apologize for your rate yep i'm right and, there with and you. so
2: i think that the first thing we have to do and and kind of leads into what we're going to be talking about with fappy in a minute and that is that our goal is to uh better the profession That's I see it in in totality. How can we leave the profession better than when we came here? And one of those is with the confidence to know that there is a value that I'm worth. There's a value that all the investigators are worth and that we need to. And I'm not, you know, whatever that value is, each investigator gets to set their own fees and expenses and costs. But I think that the one thing that we need to do is explain to our clients, look, we can certainly do this and try to take a shortcut. But I'm going to tell you right now in our affidavit that we're going to fill out, it's going to have the items that you're missing, the glaring opportunities, you know, this is what we didn't do. This is what we didn't do. This is what we didn't do. Um, and just as an example, I had a case um, overseas recently where they asked me if this an expatriate um, passed away and there was a, an account and they said, did he have any children in this country? And through our resources and networking and through our relationships, we have a wonderful resource in that country who said we do not see any statistical document that shows that he was that he, had, he fathered any children. Great. However, the informant on the des, on the death certificate has two children, one of them with a name father, one without a name father. And I reported that back and they said, well we need to find out if we do additional research to see if that's his ch- child. I said, I'm happy to conduct that, but we need to do it the right way. And of course, it's an additional cost. Well, my client doesn't want to spend any money. Well, I, I'd i love to be able to, to do it for you without charging you additional fees, but I can't. Right. We have to be confident. And if you want it done right, here's my, my letter states there is a possibility that the second child could be. There's no proof that it is and there's no proof that it isn't, but we need to do it the right way. And I think that we can't take shortcuts. You can't do things half. You have to do them the right way, especially where we're concerned, because we can never prove a negative, but we, we do the best, you know, best prima facie documents, evidence. You know, we use sources. Um, I have somebody in Salt Lake City we work with regularly. So that's definitely something where uh, we want to make sure it's done properly. Right, right
0: okay um so we're gonna jump out here and take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna talk about the conference which is right around the corner um in fact at the time of this airing it's actually at the end of the week so we'll give you all the details on how y'all could uh sign up for this thing and it's free so um why would you not want to do that and uh it's it's pretty amazing so everybody sit tight and we will be right back
1: pi perspectives
0: today i want to talk to you about the investigators toolbox Many of the folks who listen to this program actually have already signed up and have joined this online community for investigators and the investigative community. It's a place to go for networking. It's a place to go for continuing education, uh, watching webinars, doing your continuing education credit. It's a place also to read up on uh, the latest trends in the industry, stay on top of all the news articles. It's actually supported by Some really, really great businesses that support our industry. They're offering discounts and benefits, actually, for your membership. And then the the OSINT catalog. We've got a huge OSINT catalog that you can make your own private library. You essentially pick and choose what you want to be in your library, um, however you do your research. Check it out today. It's uh, www.investigators-toolbox.com. Listeners of the show, if you use the code PIP, 201836 you'll save an extra 20 percent. investigators hyphen toolbox.com go check it out today pi perspectives scope now has been a big time sponsor of this program for quite some time and i just love their service i've been using them since the beginning i'm one of their beta customers and it's been so awesome to see them grow into the business that they are today and just how they just keep reinventing themselves and pushing themselves to get more and more information. What it comes down to is, is ScopeNow is a tool that you definitely need to use if you do social media investigations, any internet research and really spending less time digging around and, and uh, looking for information. I think is one of the best points of how ScopeNow can help you. Their AI platform, their analytics are amazing. You really get an idea of what you need. You're reducing the time, you're reducing the manpower that you're spending on doing this research because they're essentially doing it for you and they're doing it correctly, which is most important. One of the new things that they're actually offering is this flagging system where you can flag behaviors and really highlight and look out for fraud. If you're doing a lot of fraud research, this is a fantastic tool and you can set up alerts. So you have particular people that you're looking at, you can actually set up alerts to get notifications when... The criteria that you set up is actually um, is flagged and goes off. It's really uh, really amazing, and their relationship and association analytics are uh, top notch, really uh, cutting edge, and really really cool. When they brought that out on version three, it was a game changer. I mean, really being able to see how people interact together and, and uh, you know having that relationship, you know, analysis is really really something that's cool. You know, one of the other things about being involved with Scope Now is their ability to offer webinars. Their team is cutting edge on putting together and getting out really, really great content. If you're a member of Scope Now, if you know who they are, you've seen them around on LinkedIn, you'll you'll know that they're constantly doing webinars on these new websites that are coming out and uh, they're really staying on top of it. And don't forget, uh, any reports that you generate, you can actually white label those reports and put your own logos on and, and really make them look professional, which you know could equate to more billing. For you as well. So check them out today. It's uh, www.scopenow.com. They're a great, great company. They should be one of the tools in your toolbox along with whatever kind of uh, search engines you do. Uh, you need to make sure that Scope Now is a part of
1: that suite. ScopeNow.com. Check out the PI Institute of Education at PIinstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the Investigatorstoolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. Congrats to show guest Chris Salgado, Chris Don's the latest cover of PI Magazine, and highlights Cyberpol. The issue's available today. And welcome back, everybody, to PI Perspectives. This is your host, Matt Spare.
0: Uh, We're welcoming back uh, Ari Morse from Florida, where it's a uh, balmy 32 degrees. Ari, how are you doing?
2: I'm great. Thanks again. Thanks for being back.
0: So we're here talking about the FAPI conference. It's a three-day conference actually happening this week. The time the show is airing, uh, it, it's starting actually the Wednesday. So it be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of this week. It's a free conference uh, with a great lineup. So why don't you tell me a little bit about it?
2: Well, the Florida Association of Private Investigators decided this year or at the end of last year with COVID that instead of trying to do the traditional uh, conference in person, there were too many unknowns with COVID, the pandemic. Who knew what was happening so we decided to do a virtual conference. But this year, instead of trying to um, charge people to do a virtual conference, we wanted to give back to the community. FAPI has always been about the relationships, building um, relationships both with our members, with our relative, you know, partners, other associations, and our vendors and sponsors. You know, that's one of the things we've prided ourselves in over the years is, is actually building what we would call a family. Um, And so the FAPI family, um, so the board got together and we made the decision to that this year, um, we will absorb all the costs for the technology platform. Our, you know, everyone's a volunteer, so there's no cost there. And so we are giving back to the investigative community as a whole. Our goal was to, what can we do to leave a mark on the investigative community to better the investigative community you know, in its entirety. And that was to give back, give free education to those that either can't afford it, has their businesses suffered from the pandemic, or they're new to the business, whatever the case may be, they're welcome to join us. We did it in a way. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it's half days. So we're not taking you away from business the entire day. Right. Um, it starts at noon, with an out. noon on Wednesday and Thursday will be an hour of vendors. We're going to give each vendor five minutes to give their spiel, tell us a little bit about them, and uh, then we have uh, some time after the conference at five to five thirty that we'll have more vendors. And then we do a Fappy hour. We uh, we like to have what they call a Fappy hour, and we're going to have a one of our members is going to host a a, a cocktail. mixing special
0: mixologist
2: yes (laughs) and he's a member of ours and he's (laughs) he's great so we're trying to we're trying to really bring back to uh to the community as a whole but you know there's there's education but there's also that social aspect sure you know it's not it's not having a cocktail in person in the hospitality suite like we always do but we're trying to find the next best thing for us
0: yeah and that's what we got to do we got to pivot during these, uh, tough times here. And I think one of the benefits was really having the exposure of, of getting people from all around the country, right? Typically not all of us can afford to go to wherever to go to these, uh, events. It's, it costs a lot, right? You got to pay for a flight. You got to pay for a hotel room. You got to pay for the, the conference that you're attending. It's, it's a commitment, especially if you're a small business owner, because now you're also not making money. <laughs> you're not doing the work that you should be doing. So it's a double investment. Um, I think virtual conferences like this give the opportunity for folks that typically wouldn't do this type of stuff, um, the exposure to actually come out and do it. I think it's really neat.
2: Well, and there's gonna, there's a huge element of in-person conferences that we are going to miss, no doubt. And a lot of our people would love to be in Florida instead of stuck in the snow. But at the same time, we have to find what can we do to, to educate people Yet still, uh, better you know, better ourselves, and that and that is you know a virtual conference if it allows itself. But now you can do that from your home. You're not losing travel days. You're not you know you have the mornings to still get your work done. You log on for five or six hours. You can invest. Your, and that's investing in yourself. That's how do I become a better investigator? You know when I go to, personally when I go to a conference and I've been to many. You know I want to learn something new that's going to help me do my job better, teach me to market, make more money right. or get, make a contact with someone um, so that I can look someone in the face and say, OK, I need work done here. I know you face to face. You're not going to let me down. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we seen nightmare you know, situations with other investigators or or either other professionals? Forget it. But rarely the people that you've looked in the, you know, in the face. Like, you know, I need something in Las Vegas. I've got a guy, I know him personally, right. You know, I need something in North Carolina. I, I've got people, you know, so that's the biggest thing to me is, is the relationship. So in this way, I've got everything covered.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's not only that, that you got a guy somewhere, you know, or a girl somewhere, um, um, geography, right. It's also a specialty. Too, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I met Ari. You know, like now I need to have that, that uh, genealogical uh, research done. I got a guy, right? And you know, we've broken bread together. We've we've uh, sat in a hospitality room and um, you know, um, hung out and discussed uh, work and stuff like that. So there, there is a real value to that that people just don't understand. And and even I'll take it one step further. You know, doing the same with the vendors. Right. So, you know, having those conversations with the folks from uh, Scope Now or uh, the, the folks from Delft Point or or um, IRB and all that, when there is an issue, you know, you call them directly, you know, and say, hey, this is, you know, what's going on here. I need help with this. E- even like the whole premise of, of this podcast, PI Perspectives, you know, people ask me all the time, how do you know so many people? how do you know all these people? How do you get the, these guests? Like, and literally almost everybody that's been on my show, I actually know. Um, there, there are a few ex, uh, exceptions. Right. And the thing is I go to these events. I've been going for years. So it's like, I go out there and I meet people and you know, I'm kind of a social butterfly. I like to, <laughs> I like to talk a little bit and uh, you know, you, you meet people. And uh, I, that was what pushed me for this podcast was like, I want to get that experience of meeting people and a hospitality room onto a podcast format and really introduce people to different folks in the industry. And really that that's the driving force of it. But, but that conference is that that's what happens. That's how you meet people and do things.
2: Well, And kudos to you because that's the biggest thing is you're making the investment in yourself. Yeah. So you're making it in your business, in yourself, in your profession, you care about the business. You're not here to, uh, you know, and, and we have a, our profession is filled with a lot of retired law enforcement who you know thank we're very thankful for them they've come into this to make side money let's say and so as a result that's what a lot of people assume i'm here to make a living i'm here to make my life here this is i want to i take this very very serious and the work that we do very seriously um and, and and there's times to have fun, of course, but there's this is a you know this is very important. And by making the investment, by going to conferences, meeting other professionals, networking, and and of course you know helping put on FAPI for the last 15 years, the conference. That's something that uh, so important from uh, for me to how you know to leave a, a footprint of a better uh, better than I came big with that too.
0: Yeah. So. so, and, and, you know, and I've never been to any, any of those conferences. I mean, I've seen it in PI magazine and all that. And I never got to the point where it's like, okay, now it's time to, to go to these things. Like I just started doing that a year or two ago to, to expand it to the regular, like, you know, I had my regular conferences that I would go to, but I, you know, with the, the investigators toolbox and, and the PI perspectives and all this other stuff is okay. Now I get to really start going to all the conferences. I told my wife, like, be prepared I'm going to be traveling you know hold down the fort uh, and then covid hits <laughs> um, of course but now like we have the opportunity to do these virtual things which you know I've attended Colorado Association had a great one um something was going on in California for um uh, new investigators like they were doing a training um, yeah sure I'll be a part of that I went out and I checked it out and uh you know I'm finding the ability to get this exposure all throughout the country without actually traveling which is pretty nice. Like West Virginia. I did one of their events too. It's awesome. Um, so it's, it's really, uh, it's cool to have that benefit. I mean, in person is always going to be a hundred times better. In fact, I was talking to somebody recently about osmosis. I go to osmosis every year and, uh, we were doing a a podcast interview and he found out like, I'm a musician, this guy's a musician. Uh, and they were talking about two or the three other people that were musicians. I was like, when we go out to San Diego, we all need to bring our equipment and let's have a jam session. <laughs> and he didn't say he didn't say no, so it's like it may actually happen. Uh, That's great. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. To be continued, San Diego uh, in October, I think. Uh, um, so we'll we'll see what happens. So why don't you tell me a little bit about the speakers? Who's actually involved, and in, and in what type uh, of program do you guys have?
2: Okay, absolutely. So we're really, uh, I gotta say, we're really lucky. Uh, lucky, uh, you know, we have personal relationships with some great people who have agreed to speak. Uh, for example, Wednesday, uh, we only have two speakers, uh, in addition to our vendors and that is John Hoda. Um, and John's, uh, going to speak about marketing your business. Yep. And then Michelle Stewart, who's a name dropper there, but she's (laughs) a phenomenal human being, a personal friend. Um, and every time, and I've heard her speak Numerous times, but every time she speaks, I learn something.
0: Very smart person. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Both, both are uh, prior guests to the to the show. By the way. Um, oh okay. John is a dear friend of mine. Uh, we're like podcast buddies, so we have <laughs> these conversations like, all right, who you having on your show? What are you doing? Like, yeah, John has mentored me. You know, he he definitely has. Um, I think he he puts out a video on how to take witness statements, uh, which I have featured in Investigator's Toolbox, actually. He updated it for the 2020 version of of how to do it online. It's probably one of the best trainings I've seen for statement taking out there for personal injury cases. I mean, really, really in-depth and uh, well worth a listen. Anytime Hoda speaks, it's worth listening because uh, he is just um, a stalwart. A stalwart in the industry, a really, really good guy. And Michelle, uh, man, she just knows her stuff. She's really, really competent. And uh, if you can't glean something from her, you're not paying attention. So uh, those are two great speakers, definitely. Who else we got?
2: And so that, I mean, that's Wednesday alone. If that doesn't knock your socks off, I'm not sure anything else. Um, Judge Bob LeBlanc, who's going to talk about testifying in the digital age, which we're we're applying now, that's going to be Thursday. So on Thursday, we have uh, Judge LeBlanc, who will be talking about, you know, testifying. Again, very relevant, very necessary, how to prepare yourself, the whole nine yards. Then you're going to have Michael Graziano, uh, the digital investigations and the benefit of a forensic examiner. Uh, Dave Robinson is going to be talking about executive protection and situational awareness. And then the last speaker on Thursday is Bill Tobin, who is talking about forensic metallurgy, you were worried about speaking genealogy before, yeah. metallurgy, that's, that's <laughs> a good one today. Hey. Uh, forensic metallurgy and material science and how it can help yeah. attorneys in their cases. Right. Uh, and of course, if it can help attorneys, obviously helping uh, investigators. So that's Thursday. Uh, and then Friday is gonna be, uh, we're opening up with our Director of the Division of Licensing for the State of Florida, Steve Herm. Uh, he'll talk about licensing the division update uh, if there's any pending le- legislation, while it may not hit everybody outside of Florida, it's good to know how Florida does licensing and uh, how Florida uh, handles issues. Like like lately, we've been dealing with, uh, is Casey Anthony actually going to get a PI license? <laughs> how dare you talk company? about her,
0: sir? How dare you? <laughs> how I- dare you mention that name on this program? Well- <laughs> <laughs> it's a hot topic. It definitely is. And uh, I, you know, I, I read that and I started laughing. I was like, yeah, really? Okay. If you, if you take a look at it, it's like, all she is, is just the person to accept service. <laughs> really,
2: that's well, it. to make a long story short, I, I actually serve on the private investigative recovery security advisory council yeah. for the state of Florida. Yeah. And I've actually talked to them and said, has she applied for a license? What does it look like? Uh, and everything, and there's no application right now. She can't. She can do a public yeah. records check just yeah. like anybody, but right. she can't write an import, a report or a pine. No. So
0: it's a whole lot of nothing, you know. If somebody wants Correct. to, to Correct. sell some uh, get get some clickbait. That's all it is. You know, throw the name Correct. Casey Anthony out there.
2: And uh, but we but but people brought it to our attention, and we actually oh, took it seriously and yep. looked into it professionally. And there is nothing there, but she does have a corporation, yeah, or LLC. Anyway, yeah. But, uh, so after, <laughs> after Director Herm. So She's not going to be
0: there. She didn't sign I, up for the, she didn't sign up for the conference.
2: She's not signed up for the conference. <laughs> Tarn it. And uh, not to my knowledge, but if anybody's on the line wants to come in and while Director Herm is talking, I'm sure, and ask that question, I'm sure it will be asked. And, Maybe uh, once or twice. <laughs> at least. <laughs> right. uh, and we'll prepare him. He'll know. And then Jim Nanos will be speaking about surveillance. And then Peter Gallo who has spoken to Fappy many times is a very entertaining gentleman and his, he's going to be talking about DNA and its uses in investigations. I didn't come up with the name of his, <laughs> uh, of his, uh, speech, but it says where babies come from DNA and its uses in investigations. If that's not an indicative <laughs> that it's going to have some humor in there, yeah. uh, that's Peter. Um, and so it will surely be entertaining. And then we're going to have a question and answer, uh, session. Uh, if you're seeing a situation coming through or something, or you have questions to ask, it's a great opportunity to, uh, to bend the ear of professionals.
0: So one of the questions that I've seen come across and I don't know the answer to it, and I'm going I'm to put you on the spot here.
2: Okay. Um,
0: if somebody can't make the content, if they if they miss uh, a particular uh, speaker, are you guys recording the content and are you going to make it available later on? Or is it just one and done?
2: As of right now, we are planning on recording it, but no final decision has been made. As <laughs> Stay to tuned. What it. is what is going to look like in the future? It's
0: better to be there, right? mean <laughs> there, be square.
2: I yeah, I would highly recommend it, and because yeah. you get the interaction still. Yeah. If you have a question, especially someone like Michelle, who just generally talks so fast because she has so much to share. Those are your that
0: words, not mine. I wasn't going there. <laughs> <a little
2: bit. laughs> I love Michelle. I love. I love Michelle. She, if she hears this, she can call me on it.
0: She's the first person to say it. Like I know. I know. Uh, we, we had a we had a nice conversation before we put her on the show about slow down, lady. People want to hear everything.
2: She's got so much good knowledge. Yeah. Um, you know, even I went to go talk to a couple of professionals locally to me, and I said, "Okay, Michelle, I have a question," and. You know, 30 minutes later, with the okay, here's what you need to take the conversation. You know, she's just such a wealth of information, yeah, really um, great. And she's so smart and she's on top of all uh social media technology, right, to know where the pitfalls are. So it, she's just it, she's brilliant,
0: right? So, okay, so we're going to wind down over here. Why don't you tell folks yeah. how they can sign up for this great event? Which, sure. uh, at again, at the time you guys are listening to this, it's going to be on Wednesday. So, um, how do you sign up?
2: MyFappy.org, right on the front page, the front screen is going to have a registration button. There's no cost to register. You register, you'll get an email with the schedule, uh, and then go and, you know, then you'll eventually get the Zoom links. Okay. So that's the best way. And then all I'll say, if I may, we have a lot of affiliations. We're very friendly with a lot of associations. Uh, and we're very proud of, and we do have a great uh, vendor network set up too. So we're, we're trying to really give back. So please attend, but more than anything, also support the vendors. The more we support uh, Investigators Toolbox and the database companies and things, the better they help us do our job, right. the more professional we are, the better we grow.
0: Yeah. And I really, uh, as a sponsor, I actually wanted to thank you guys for uh, giving us the opportunity for exposure and, and not asking for a check um, that I was so impressed when I when I had those conversations um, about, you know, do I want to be involved with this? Because, um, you know, th- it is a challenge uh, for vendors during this time too, not just investigators. You know, everybody on the industry in a whole has taken it on the chin. So um, being able to have that exposure um, to, uh, i sure is going to be a very well-attended event um, without having to uh, pony up um, on the spot, I thought was really, really um, awesome. And, uh, thank you, sir. I appreciate that.
2: Well, thank you. And we're also yeah. going to be, the one thing we will be doing is offering some, uh, membership specials. Yep. So people that want to join that are not from Florida can join as associates from Florida. They can join as full members. Uh, and the only variety really is voting rights, but yep. we're again, that's aside. you know, we're really just trying to give back and, yep. you know, we, we're very, very, uh, trying to help everybody out, you know?
0: Yep. We'll be giving away a couple of memberships to Investigators Toolbox as well. Um, so give you some swag. You can't have a conference without swag. So there'll be, appreciate uh, that. There'll be a couple of uh, uh, free uh, free memberships to that. And uh, I leave that in your hands, sir, to, to give those away. <laughs>
2: but, We're going to actually do an open vendor time okay. where we can do some raffles and everything else. We talked about it last night about finalizing some of that. So. Sure. We're still, We're still working on it, and it's going to be exciting.
0: Sure. Awesome. Real quickly, give me your contact information if folks want to get a hold of you personally for the uh, genealogical stuff. That's right, Jim. I got First, it right. Uh, yes. Yeah. Thank
2: you. <laughs> uh, so personally, uh, findanair.com, F-I-N-D-A-N-H-E-I-R.com. Uh, you can email me. My best email is usually A-R-I at probate.com, so Ari at probate.com or Ari at findinair.com, both come to me. And uh, my office telephone is uh, 386-760-5000, extension 1113, and that's right to me.
0: Awesome. Ari, thank you so much. It was great having you on. Um, Thank you. I'm sure uh, we'll have you back on again at some point, uh, non-conference related. Um, You're you're a good, easy chat, and uh, I definitely learned a lot about what you do. And uh, that's really the spirit of, of why we do this show, right? Learn uh, from folks in our industry what they do and, and what their specialty is. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll catch everybody on the next show.
1: Thank you, Matt. Thanks to Ari for jumping on the program. If you need help with any genealogical research, consider giving them a call. Have you registered for FAPI Conference yet? What are you waiting for? Over 600 people have already registered. It's not too late. So visit myfapi.org register. Let's thank CrossTracks Merlin Locate Services, Scope Now, and the PI Institute for Education for sponsoring our show. Have you checked out Investigator's Toolbox yet? It only takes 49 cents a day to unlock the future of investigation, so make an investment in your business and yourself today. You can save an extra 20 bucks by using code PIP201836. If you have a question or comment about the show, email Matt and Matthew S at SatellitePI.com. You can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd like your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. And we'll be back on Monday with a new show. So make sure you tune in, please wear a mask, and stay safe out there.